check us out to hear the latest on life in the volunteer state. Yvonka and her guests discuss everything from life, love, and business with a Tennessee flair. It's a Tennessee thing! Always relatable, always relevant, and always a good time. This is Talking Tennessee, and now your host, Yvonka. Welcome back to Talking Tennessee with Yvonka. I'm your host, and oh my goodness, it is Keeping the David Landis Miracle Alive Blood Drive. Yay! Edition. Are you ready? We start now. Guess what, Adrian? Hi, guys. We are seven days out. I know. I'm so seven excited. Seven days. November the 6th, the blood drive is going to be at Petro's. 7005 Kingston Pike. Yes, that's where the blood job is going to be from 930 to 530. And we are in there. We Let's are. Oh my goodness. So, you know what? This week we've had interviews. Mm-hmm. Thank God for WATE Channel 6, WBRR Channel 10, and all y'all five people that has been sharing and lacking, lacking. All lacking, 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 all of the ads that have went out for keeping the David Landis miracle alive. Let me just tell you what that means. It's about my husband. Yes, it is. For the people that don't know, six six and a half years ago, David went in the hospital on August sixteenth, two thousand thirteen, and. He went in because he had abdomen uh, pain, and it was the worst day of our life. He went in. Adrian texted me and told me her dad was not feeling well. Um, and crazy enough, that morning when he went in was my last day of real estate school. I was taking my test that day. And the reason why he had taken me to school um well, it was taking me to the class was my car had broke down, which, you know, whenever your car breaks down, you think it's the worst thing in the world. But that day, it turned out to be somewhat of a blessing because my dad taking me to school and him complaining about his stomach hurting, I immediately texted my mom and told her what was going on just to give her a heads up. So, you know, in in hindsight, it was kind of a good thing, even though at the time I didn't think it was. Um, But he was really in pain. I mean, the whole morning on my way to the school, he was, you know, talking about his stomach and he just kept kind of holding his stomach. And I'm like, what is going on with you? It just wasn't his normal nature. Um, So like I said, I'm, I'm so glad that I saw that and was able to tell my mom because that day was a whirlwind. Um, By the time I got out of class, um, because I was in class for a good chunk of the day, I was, you know, testing out all that good stuff. So I was there for quite a while. Um, And when I did get out, you know, that's when I found out that my dad had went to the hospital. Um, And it was, like I said, it was a whirlwind because I was just trying to, you know, figure out what was going on. My mom was trying to figure out what was going on. It was so much going on at the time. My dad was in excruciating pain. Like by the time I got to the hospital, it had gotten so much worse that day. Um, And we thought that it was just going to be, you know, a two-day stay like it had been before because my dad had a pancreatitis attack before. 
Um, and we thought it was just going to be like the last time. He stays in the hospital for two days. You know, they starve out his body and we're good. Um, and within 24 hours, my dad went on life support. Um, and I was That's at work scary. when I got the call that he was going on life support that next day. I just remember that day that um, the nurse came in and asked me at 7 o'clock that morning, you know, how you know how long has he been looking like this? And he had a gray death look. And I remember them saying, you know, uh, I thank God for that uh, nurse, young nurse. And he said, how long has he been looking like that? And I said, as long as we've been here. And he said, ma'am, I'm not trying to scare you, but I need to get him evaluated. And I met literally within 10 minutes. The whole room was covered with nurses and doctors, and they told me he was, in, he was critically ill, and they were putting him in CCU. And, you know, it happened that quickly. It was fast. So we go downstairs to the second floor where CCU is, and I'm like by myself. Mm -hmm. Adrian was at work. I'm by myself, and it was the most, you know, probably my lowest point. I looked around in the lobby, and it was like I felt deserted. You know, oh, yeah. my best friend was on life support, and if you can only imagine that, I, I thank God for Pastor Patterson from Roan County because Pastor Patterson saw me in that lobby. He came over and he said. Uh, sister, do you need prayer? Are you okay? And so he came over when he said that. I was like, I really do need prayer because I felt really, really lonely. And so um, I called my brother, my sister, and I uh, told my brother what was going on. And he said, you know, let me get to my wife. And so he got to his wife and Trish uh, thank God for her because she went and got my daughter mm -hmm. from work and brought her to the hospital. And I can say I knew at when they came in, I knew something was wrong because my Aunt Trish and my my cousin, I mean, before she even said one word, I was like, oh, my God. Well, you probably knew that because they've never come to your job. Well, yeah, that, yeah that, well, that too. And I yeah. just, it was so yeah. much. And they were trying to tell me. Kind of shortly what was going on. Y'all, I lost it. I was working at Chick-fil-A at the time. That, how that can be. And, you know, thinking back to that, um, pastor from Madisonville mm. met him. And it was, for some reason, it was like God was sending me covering all the way around. It was pastors everywhere. But pastors, I didn't know they were strangers, but they loved on me. I thank God for Pastor uh, Coleman in Madisonville because he and Glenda, they just were great people and loved on me. And it was, like I said, the worst day of my life. And so I went in and saw David. He was still screaming, yelling, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know if they had showers there. So I went, I told him that I was going to go um, after they calmed me down, got the pain somewhat under control. I said, I'm going to go home and get a shower, get some clothes, come back. I came home, me and my friend Lisa, we leave, and the next thing I know is that uh, I come out of the shower, and my friend Lisa says, 
don't freak out, but the nurse just called me. They want to put David on life support. That was a rough day. <laughs> I fell really to my day. knees, and I had a panic attack. She did. If you could only imagine having a panic attack, and I thank God for Lisa because Lisa was there, and Lisa literally put her hand on my back, and she literally just started praying over me. And uh, that panic attack subsided. And I just was like, is this really happening? So I got back to the hospital. Imagine that even though he was in pain, he still was talking to me. And yeah. then my best friend, I go back and my best friend is on life support and I didn't hear him speak again for four months. Um, wow. Wow. It's hard to think about. I can remember that. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I mean, my be David is my best friend. I mean, just they overall, do everything together, literally. I mean, my best friend. And he was on life support and it was just bad. I had to tell my daughter, I remember sitting her down and saying to Adrian at 19 years old that, Adrian, you're going to have to take care of your little brother. He was four. Yeah. And I said, I can't come home. I said, if daddy doesn't see me, he will not fight Adrian. I've got to get him back on his feet. And I'm so glad that Adrian was mature enough to realize that that's what I need to do. And she said, Mom, don't come home until Daddy comes home. You come home when he comes home. Yeah. And so our lives started from there. And that our new normal, Adrian was taking care of her brother. They would come visit me every day. And they would have to bring me clothes. And Adrian ran my businesses. And then all my employees and everything. And it was just a hard journey. It was tough because we really went into survival mode. There was no, you know, there was no time to think. There was no time to plan. It was only time to execute. My son could not understand, you know, and Adrian had to literally become a mom. Overnight. <laughs> I mean, that's normally how it happens. You, you know, you just... She worked two jobs. Yeah. She worked at Chick-fil-A and she worked at Pier 1, let me say, to... Marshall at Chick-fil-A, I thank you. I thank you for being a father to my child. I thank you for being a mentor to her. Mm -hmm. I thank you for being, you know, her boss and just loving my kid when I could not be there for her. Marshall Wilkins, if you ever hear this, just know I thank you for everything you did. Most definitely. Because Adrian was very young Mm -hmm. And she needed a father figure in her life and a mentor in her life just to get her through. And he got her through it. That was not an easy time. Um, I was a full-time student in college, too. Um, so it was, you know, trying to juggle that, make sure, you know, I, I'm i so used to seeing my mom every day um, and my dad every day. So, you know, my day would literally start early in the morning I would um, 
drop my brother off at daycare because at that time he was in preschool. Um, so I would drop him off there. I would go to my classes. I would go to work, um, pick him up and take him, you know, to either see my mom or take him, you know, to babysitter and shout out to everybody. Um, the ones they know who they are. Um, my cousin, my, my auntie Carla, my, um, auntie Teresa, you know, anybody, if I, you know, whoever that helped me um, watching my brother so I could work. Teresa Collins is my next door neighbor, but I tell people that's my sister from another mister. Yes. Because Teresa Collins loved my kids. Mm -hmm. She was a mother to my kids when I couldn't be a mother. My niece, Andrea, was a person that was not just my niece, but she was a friend to Adrian. She was able to help Adrian get through. She it, it was so became, many yeah. people that l lend a helping hand to my kids. Mm -hmm. Carla, I mean, I remember one time I said to her, "I can't come out of the uh, out of the hospital to buy groceries for my kids," and she went and bought groceries to fill up the refrigerator, and uh, so I wouldn't have to worry about that. And some people will say, well, that that's your family. Well, but that's still, they didn't have to do that. No, they didn't. My cousin literally it lives in my mom's hometown. Um, and she works there, there, which is a good 30, 40 minutes away. Um, and she would come to Knoxville and stay with me, you know, five, six days out of the week. You know, just to keep me sane, basically. You know, just trying to be that, you know, right hand to me um, and be like a big sister to me, which is what she is. Um, and, you know, people, like I said, people were helping me, you know, babysitting so that I could work, you know, because I, I still had my own bills to pay. I still we still, you know, everyday life things don't just stop because someone's sick. Um, it, you know, like I say, when it, something like that happens, you don't have time to plan. You know, I woke up one day and that's when I started. I became a mom. And I, I told my mom like three days later, I said, oh my gosh. I said, mom, I do not know how you do it all. Yes. I said, I, I am exhausted. And it's only been day three. Shout out to, to all the moms, all the single moms, whatever. Y'all are amazing. Because that was so incredibly hard to juggle all of that. And, you know, a four-year-old that has no idea what's going on and you have to basically put on a poker face like everything is okay to not frighten that child. It is a task unreal. Oh, it really is. <laughs> and really I was is. like, oh my gosh. You know, and you have to know that things like this can happen. Uh, to anyone and you have to know, to know like with the blood drive that mm -hmm. we're hosting you know and that this uh, segment is uh, featured about the blood drive is you need blood you do David needed 40 units of blood they had to replenish his body in surgery and out of surgery and if we wouldn't have had that blood David would not be living today my husband before I came on this podcast he walked in my office and gave me a kiss and told me he loved me. 
if Medic wouldn't have been able to do that mm -hmm. for uh, my family, my husband wouldn't have been kissing me, telling me he loved me. You know, that's why blood is Six so important. Later. You know, for one unit, you know, it saves three lives. We've saved 1,221 lives, and, and you have to stop and say, okay, you know, what does that really mean? What is that, you know, what does it break down to be? There's 22 hospital, hospitals around the area that needs um, medic. Mm -hmm. It takes a minimum of 200 uh, units of blood a day to supply these hospitals. Is that not insane? 200 units a day. And a lot of the blood that they have stored right now, it's already really spoken for. So that's why we really need you to come out and donate. Mm -hmm. Statistically, you guys, um, someone needs blood every two seconds. Every two Just seconds. Just think about that. Around the country, okay? Think about that um, when someone has a car accident, how much they have to replenish. Mm -hmm. For every man... A man needs nine units for their body. A woman needs seven. Mm -hmm. So you do the math. So I really, really need your help. I need your help to save lives for other people. David doesn't need blood anymore. Thank but we are dedicated to and determined to get the blood that medic needs Definitely. We will never stop talking about it. We will never. This is our legacy. Mm -hmm. This is my husband's legacy. You will get to see a miracle when you see David. Okay? David's living without a pancreas. His kidneys were completely shut down. He had a lung that had deflated. He His liver was, sh uh, was shutting down. They had to put a stent in his bowel duct. I meant this man's body went through. But God be Trauma. the glory. God be the glory. That David's alive and well, and he is here to show everybody that you've got to pay it forward and you've got to give back to the community mm -hmm. that gave to you. This is a phenomenal community. It's oh my gosh, I, we could not. It's a godly thank community. This community enough. We, we really can. couldn't, and that's why we wanted to, you know, make this podcast for one on this topic because, and you know, give you guys some details because not everyone has heard, you know, the story behind why we do this blood drive every year. Um, not everybody understands the trauma that my family, you know, that we all went through with him, him physically going through the trauma. Me and my mom and my brother. Um, going through it more emotionally. Um, but it was a lot. And if it had not been for the community coming together to bring us blood, we, the four of us wouldn't be together right now. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's why when you get up in the morning and you think about, okay, I'm going to work or whatever. Have you ever thought about you could be David in an instant? You could be our family. Because we woke up like it was a normal day. I it mean, was a normal day. We were planning church cookout. We the were next day. Sewing, sewing into, about to sew into people. Mm -hmm. And it took people to sew into us. You know, you have to think about those things. And you have to think about, okay, how each unit, if you've never given blood, mm -hmm. it can cost your family $500 per unit. Not, not cheap. Count, not counting 
what medic charges. That's just a hospital cost. So David would have paid $20,000 if it wasn't for the community. Just think about, I mean, mom has always said that can cripple a family. Just the blood donations alone, we're not even talking about, you know, hospital expenses or anything else. That's an expensive fee to be able to replenish your body. Yeah. No so, matter how much you need. So you have to pay it forward and you have to look at, okay, I want to help this family that's trying to help our community because, mm -hmm. you know, there's kids, there's baby Noah that's out there that needs to get blood almost every six weeks. Okay? Golly. I thank God that we can help families like baby Noah's family, mm -hmm. different families that just was just like us. Yeah. So I would, I'm going to end this podcast like this. Come out to the Keeping the David Landis Miracle Alive on November the 6th from 9.30 to 5.30 at Petro's on Kingston Pike, 7005 Kingston Pike. If you need to set an appointment for uh, your lunch hour, you can call Vicki Williams at 742-4505. And no matter what time of day it is, you can call and schedule your appointment at the number that she just gave you. Um, and it's going to be a great event, guys. We hope you can come out and enjoy it with us. This episode is brought to you by The Appraisal Firm. If you want to know what your home is valued at to get your house sold, or if you just want a good assessment of your property value, Call David Landis at 865-660-6860. It's 865-660-6860. It's David Landis with the appraisal firm. Guys, make sure you come out to our blood drive on November 6th. It is going to be so much fun, and we are so, so excited that this is going to be our seventh year doing this. We're going to have breakfast, lunch, giveaways, you name it, we've got it. It's going to be a block party. And so snacks. make sure y'all come out. We're going to have cookies. We're going to have it all. And you're going to have uh, be able to draw to get a gift. Yes. And everybody walks away with a t-shirt and a gift bag from David Landis. And he will be there to meet and greet you all and take selfies. I'm going to make him take a selfie with every one of the donors. Tune in every Thursday to Talking Tennessee with Ivanka. We tackle all types of topics. We tackle lifestyle, real estate, bringing awareness to local businesses, and guess what? Giving back is what we're about on Talking Tennessee. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Tennessee with Yavanka. Watch out for our weekly episodes from the first family of real estate. And check us out on the web, www.yavankasalsrealestate.com. See our videos on Yavanka's YouTube channel or find us on Facebook under Yavanka Landis and Twitter at Yavanka Landis. And don't forget to tell a friend about us. Until next time, Yavanka signing off.